Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. The Grinch did not steal Christmas. Here's the millennial with the mic. They want you to say Grace. Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. I was just talking with some of the callers during the break. And I was letting them know that we have a very special guest on in this segment. And I want them to call back. And I don't want them to be mad at me. But uh, one of the callers said that last guy was a real jerk. The guy who was saying that uh, Trump needs to be held accountable. And and listen, I love when people call in, even the anti-Trumpers, you know, even the Trump deranged. I love going back and forth. But I really do think that there are some arguments I'll have with people where I'm up against the ropes. You know, I can feel it. But this isn't one of them. This is like, you haven't convicted the guy of anything. What, you're just going to start saying, I charge you with insurrection, and then all of a sudden, none of us can do anything anymore? Like, oh, if, if that's how it works, and this really is a witch hunt, then this really is just people throwing out accusations, and no one has to have due process, and everybody just can say whatever they want. And you don't have to be like my next guest, a lawyer, to know that. Joining us now is Mark Salinas from Sylvan Salinas. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm kind of amazed by this. And, you know, I'll be honest, it started for me with George Santos when they kicked him out of Congress without a conviction. And I'm not trying to say that anybody, uh, just because they're conservative, it doesn't mean they haven't done anything wrong. But this is a strange precedent to set, Mark, where we're not letting due process play out in any way, shape, or form. Would you agree? Yeah, you're absolutely right. We're in uncharted territory here for sure, Grace. You know, you have this court in Colorado, um, the Supreme Court basically saying in Colorado that President Trump is disqualified from holding office because he engaged in insurrection. And it's a first of our kind here. And I know you're probably asking the question and your listeners are wondering, well, how did they make that determination? So apparently in Colorado, the district court held some type of sham trial that went over five days where they determined that, in fact, uh, President Trump did engage in insurrection. But then they kind of got around it and said that, nonetheless, he's not disqualified from holding office. And that's how it got to the Supreme Court. So that's how we got to where we are right now. Yeah. And you know what? I don't usually refer to the AP, but I thought that their breakdown of this was actually pretty helpful. And at one point, and this is uh, this is speaking to what Mark just brought up, it said Colorado's highest court overturned a ruling from a district court judge who found that Trump incited an insurrection for his role in the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol, but said he could not be barred from the ballot because it was unclear that the provision was intended to cover the presidency. In other words, oh, we can't can't actually keep him off the ballot because of this little, you know, technicality, when in reality, Mark, I think it's a really hard case to make when somebody offered to, to bring in the National Guard, when somebody told the protesters to march peacefully. I think the idea of claiming that person incited an insurrection is very, very weak to begin with. It is, Grace. Absolutely. Look, the court, there's three legal issues that we're dealing with here. And I can boil it down as simple as this. Number one, did President Trump engage in an insurrection? Number two, 
does the constitutional provision we're talking about, Section 3 of Article 14, does it apply to uh, the President of the United States? And then number three, which you may not have heard of yet, whether or not the court has jurisdiction to determine one of these political questions. And there's some precedent to this. You might um, remember that there was, a ca- there was a case in New Hampshire trying to keep um, President Trump off the ballot. And the courts there said, no, you can't do it because we don't get involved in these political questions. It's up to the legislature. And so we have that precedent. And then interestingly enough, you may remember there was a movement for a while to keep um, President Obama from running for office or holding office because of whether or not he was a citizen, right? Or whether or not he was a naturalized citizen born in the United States. And the court said there, look, we don't get into these qualification issues with, with the, uh, of the president. We just don't do that. So it's funny how it didn't apply to uh, President Obama, but now it applies to President Trump. It, it sounds kind of a familiar uh, double standard, doesn't it? Yeah. And Mark, I'm curious about the timing of this, because whenever a case reaches the Supreme Court, it's usually after a pretty long battle. These things tend to take a lot of time when it comes to the president, when it comes to such a time sensitive issue, like getting on a ballot right before, you know, we have this this primary election. Do you think the the Supreme Court makes an exception? Do they have something in place where they can say, all right, you know, put that at the top of the list? I I know I don't sound very technical here, but is there something like that? I mean, yeah, they can absolutely, they can control the docket and what gets heard based on urgency issues. But I I look at it this way, and we keep seeing this over and over again. Why have we waited so long for these issues to sort of percolate up into the into the uh, court systems? Right. You know, a lot of people think, and I just justifiably so, that it's all politically motivated. Just like why President Trump is getting indicted suddenly, you know, the year of the election, and not immediately after these alleged incidents ha- or crimes occurred on January sixth that he committed. You know, and, and the public is really starting to lose confidence in the judicial system, and it's a shame. Working in the judicial system, you know, people shouldn't be in this position to be questioning motive. And and this is what we're seeing now. It's really troubling. Now, as far as the decision you think the Supreme Court will make if they eventually do hear this and um, if they grant an emergency appeal, how do you think they will rule? I don't think that this is going to hold water. And this is why there's so many challenges that they have to get through. First of all, they have to be a determination that the president's acts at the time were were an insurrection as opposed to protected free speech, right? And I think that that is a very tall hurdle to get over, particularly when you just don't take the sound clips that the liberal media wants everybody to hear. But when you listen to the whole speech and he says, I want you to march peacefully up to the Capitol, no one wants to hear that. That's a detractor of President Trump. And then you have these other questions regarding whether or not this um, issue applies to somebody, uh, the president of the United States, which is a kind of a complicated constitutional issue. Right. And then finally, like I said, the court has said we don't really decide these questions in this precedent for that. Mark, I'm speaking with Mark Salinas from Silva and Salinas, and he's always such a great person to talk to when we get into these kind of complicated matters, which, as Mark can attest, have been cropping up more and more recently uh, or more and more uh, frequently over the last couple of years. Um, But Mark, another part of this that I wanted to ask you about is there's a senator from North Carolina and his name's Tom Tillis, and he's attempting now to block states from disqualifying Trump from the ballot. And he wants to give the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, sole power to review presidential candidate qualifications. Do you think that that stands a chance? And do you think it's a good idea? What's your opinion on it? 
Well, I think it's a great political maneuver, but I'd be a little bit concerned about just saying that the Supreme Court decides all of those issues. And I think for some of the reasons I discussed, I don't think that that power can be conferred exclusively on the Supreme Court. And I just would say that everybody be careful what you wish for. We have a Supreme Court right now that uh, a lot of people like the makeup of, but if it was the other way, would you want to have all of this power uh, given to the Supreme Court? That sounds dangerous to me. Mark, since I've had you on since the beginning of my show, we've we've talked about, you know, unprecedented news. But Jonathan Turley, whose opinion I really respect, was on Fox earlier and he said that the country's a powder keg and he thinks this court, you know, in this 4-3 decision, four of these Democrat uh, judges have really just thrown matches at the powder keg that is the United States of America. Talk a little bit with my audience about how dangerous this really is or am I overblowing it or are some legal scholars just making a, a lot out of nothing or is this actually putting us on a pretty bad road? No, it is very dangerous because basically this is all politically motivated, of course. You see these decisions, these crazy decisions that I might say, coming out of courts, out of states that are very liberal. And they're, they're trying to keep certain candidates out for certain reasons. They don't apply the laws evenly. And like I mentioned earlier, this the same concept was involved when people were trying to say President Obama shouldn't be on the ballot because, you know, he wasn't born in the United States. And whatever you think of that theory, the point is the court said we do not address these political question issues. This is something that should be decided by the legislature only and the electors. And so now we're going to apply this standard of law differently to President Trump. And that's what people are fed up about. Don't like the candidate if you don't like them. Don't go and vote if you don't want to vote for them. But don't take the power away from the voters. And that's what these courts are doing. And that's what terrifies people. That's what scares me. That's not the role of the courts. Absolutely. Well said. Um, Mark, I don't know if you have just an extra minute here. I wanted to play a back and forth, with, which I found pretty amazing. This was John Avlon on CNN. He was going back and forth with Eli Honig, and they were talking about due process. They were talking about the 14th Amendment. And I want to start with cut 20, and then I'm going to play one more cut, Mark, and we're just going to get your reaction as, as a lawyer, uh, what you make of this. This is cut 20. Senators at that time are saying this is also forward-looking. This is not just about the Confederacy and the U.S. Civil War. I take Ali's points. He and I have had a long, vigorous disagreement about the application of this. But the Constitution exists for a reason. And if people keep looking for loopholes to excuse Donald Trump for accountability against the Constitution... That's where you reap the world. Win. This is not partisan. This is about applying historic principles. Now, this is where Eli jumps in and he has a comment to make about the loopholes that Avalon's referring to. This is cut 21. Due process is not a loophole. Due process is in Section 1 of the 14th Amendment. By the way, when Donald Trump lost dozens of his election suits in 2020, what did Donald Trump's people say? Oh, those are technicalities. Those are loopholes. Those matter. Due process matters. We can't just throw it out. Mark, as someone who spends a lot of time, you know, reviewing cases and just just understanding these complex legal matters, did you ever think you'd see the day where people are arguing about whether or not due process is a loophole on CNN? <laughs> Nothing surprises me coming out of CNN anymore. But, but yeah, I mean, that's what this has come, come to, right? They want to apply these laws differently depending upon what they want the outcome to be. If they don't want President Trump on the ballot, then they're going to do whatever they can to keep him off the ballot. Call it a loophole or not call it a loophole. It depends what they want. 
if they wanted the Constitution strictly construed because it would benefit them to keep Donald Trump off the ballot, they would do it. If they wanted to use a loophole, then they would use a loophole. And hopefully that the judicial system will get this right. But I fear that it's not going to get right until it gets up to the Supreme Court of the United States. Yes, 774 texted in, and this is a really good point, Mark. They said, Harvard, Yale say it's protected speech to call for genocide against Jews, but Trump says protest peacefully and he gets thrown off the ballot. Wow. Yeah, the double standards, the hypocrisy, I think, is what people are really, really uh, drilling down on right now and they're understanding. The, what I want to talk about going forward, we're going to let Mark go here because I know he has a lot to do. He's a very busy guy. But what I want to talk about going forward with the callers is how does this play? You know, how, how will people react to this? Is this going to work for Democrats? Are they thinking of it as far as four-dimensional chess and, you know, this is going to rally conservatives around Trump and make him the nominee? Or are they so deluded based off their hatred for Trump that they don't understand that this is going to actually make people support him more? That's the question. That's what I want to throw out to the callers. Mark Salinas, tell people where they can find you if they have questions of their own. Thanks for having me, Grace. We have a law firm, Silva and Salinas, up in North Andover, Massachusetts. We also have offices in Salem, Massachusetts. And um, always great to be on the show. Thanks a lot. We love having you, Mark. Thank you very much, sir. When we come back, we'll take more of your calls. And, you know, people are texting in with good questions. And 339 says, Grace, I thought I heard a a little while ago that Colorado said no to keeping him off. Why is this happening now? Well, because that district court judge... He did rule that he he did rule that Trump could not be barred from the ballot because it was unclear that the provision was intended to cover the presidency. But I think what, what, where he left the door open was he did say that he found that Trump incited an insurrection uh, in his role in January 6th. And I think that's what I think that's what the Colorado Supreme Court kind of used to make this, to come to this decision. And it was a 4-3 decision, so it was definitely politically motivated split. But I think that they kind of used that in their arguments. Um, Thank you, Mark Salinas. We'll be right back. We'll take more of your calls. 844-500-4242. Don't go anywhere. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone. We just spoke with Mark Salinas from Silva and Salinas. If you missed it, you missed his breakdown of the news out of Colorado. You can always get that wherever you find your podcast. We usually have it up, uh, you know, just an hour after whichever hour you're trying to listen to. So at one o'clock, the 12 o'clock's up and, you know, so on and so forth. One thing I was just thinking of is whenever I talk about Mitch McConnell, which for my own sanity, I try to do infrequently. But whenever I do bring him up for a long time, I would say, you know, you got to give Mitch McConnell credit. He kept Merrick Garland off the Supreme Court. You know, he did a lot of good when it comes to the Supreme Court. And then after a while, I like so many people, if you saw a recent stat that came out about Mitch McConnell, his approval rating, people aren't happy with him. Nobody likes him. And I and there's good reason for that. I'm not diminishing that at all. So then I started to say, why? Why in the hell do I have to keep giving this guy credit? Yeah, he kept Merrick Garland off Supreme Court. Yeah, he did some good things to the Supreme Court. But I'm over that. I'm over giving him credit. 
Uh, he hasn't done anything for me lately. And then a situation like this occurs and you realize that Trump's probably going to be OK as far as getting on a ballot only because we have good conservative justices on the Supreme Court. And then I remember why I appreciate Mitch McConnell as imperfect as he is. He did us a great service. And that's one thing I I gave Mitch McConnell credit for. And the other thing is he's not short sighted. Who can forget the back and forth he had with Harry Reid with the filibuster where he said, you're going to regret this and you're going to regret this a lot sooner than you think. But that's not how Democrats think. They've never thought that way. They always think about the now. They don't think about the Robespierre of it all, how all this stuff could come back to bite you. But really, when you when you drill down here and you think, wow, this is all going to come down to the fact that we have some sane people, not all sane people on the Supreme Court, but we have a majority of sane people on the Supreme Court, then naturally you go, imagine if we didn't. Imagine if we did have a Supreme Court full of liberal Merrick Garland-like justices. We'd be screwed. I don't know what would happen at that point. Lou, you're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Lou. Yeah, how you doing? Merry Christmas, Grace, and everybody out there in Graceland. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Biden is loading. If you ever watch any of those court hearings of some of those judges he's he's, he's uh, putting up there, I mean, they're really scary. They're really, really scary. Some of these people he, that he's nominating to the bench. But anyway, three points. Number one, Biden and the Democrats must be a, really a big mess. And and he is he is such a mess himself that they have to stoop to these kinds of things, especially when they supposedly are the party that wants to save democracy. Here they're trying to destroy democracy, which is essentially being able to vote for who you want as a candidate in order to in order to try to save it. What is this? It's it's like nineteen eighty four. Anyway, number two, it also sort of accentuates the Democrats' corruption of the justice system and its propensity to cheat by any means necessary or any means possible. Uh, the next thing might be getting illegals to vote. I think they're going to they're going to be on that path very soon. But they're going to use everything: courts, getting illegals to vote, and anything to try to. to oh try yeah, to they're they're Trump already out. they're already working on that, Lou. I mean, that's already in some places that that's pretty far along. But one thing I will say, Lou, about your first point is, yeah, people are livid about this, and people should be livid about it, and it's scary, and it kind of ties in, at least for me to the censorship conversation we have a lot on this show, which is if your ideas are so great, why do you have to suppress everybody else's? If your ideas, if electric vehicles are so wonderful, why do you have to force people to buy them? Well, why do you have to shove it down people's throats? Don't people naturally just figure out how great it is? It's the same thing here. If your candidate's the best, then let people pick them. And if they don't pick them, maybe he's not the best. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Let's do the poll question here because this is heating up. Today's poll question is brought to you by J.J. Manning Auctioneers. Whether residential, commercial, or land, J.J. Manning can get your property sold now. To learn more, contact Charlie Gill at 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com. With over 16,000 sales and satisfied clients, you can be the next one. Emma, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? 
Today's poll question is, what do you predict SCOTUS does with Trump's Colorado case? SCOTUS takes the case and overrules it. SCOTUS takes the case and votes to let the ruling stand. Or SCOTUS won't take the case. They take the case and they overrule it. 80% of listeners agree with you. 3% say they'll take it and let rulings stand. And 17% say they will not take the case. Okay, uh, I want to play sound cuts here because there's a lot of good takes on this from commentators, including Jonathan Turley, who everybody knows I'm a big fan of. And then we have the then we have the political candidates. We have Vivek Ramaswamy. We have Ron DeSantis. We have Chris Christie. And I don't think this is a huge surprise that they're taking the side of Trump. Um, I think it would be political suicide at this point if you're running as a conservative to say that this is fair, what they're trying to do to Trump, this railroading. Um, But I am curious how the callers think this is going to play out. Other things I want to talk about, though, before the show ends. Kamala Harris was on with Lawrence O'Donnell, and she whipped up a word salad that uh, left me speechless. We'll talk about that. And there's there's a lot of things going on. I still want to talk about Israel and Hamas. I have a really... Great thing to read from a Jewish day school responding to a celebrity and one of their calls for ceasefire. And I think you guys will appreciate it. But let's go to the callers here because this is a very, very big news day as far as the Colorado Supreme Court decision to disqualify Trump from the 2024 ballot. I want to hear what you have to say about it. 844-500-4242. One caller said, you know, it's about time Trump be held accountable. And I didn't think I'd find myself agreeing with CNN's legal analyst. But you have to have due process. Just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean they can't run for president. And again, if your guy, if Joe Biden's done such a bang up job, which according to Andrew Bates, the White House spokesperson, according to Kareem Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, according to Gavin Newsom, the governor of the utopia known as California, he's done such a great job. This is a historic presidency. The border is secure. Inflation is down. Crime is down. People are happy. It's the Biden boom. And if all of those things are true, then why can't he just run against Trump? Why does he have to kick Trump off the ballot? Why do they have to weaponize the justice system to get Trump eliminated as a candidate? If their guy is so good, if he has so much to offer, can't he just win fair and square? Is that too hard? I would love a reporter because that's how you get Biden. You know, that's one thing I figured out. The only way to get Biden to answer a question is to poke at his ego. And he's got such a thin skin. I mean, this glass jaw can shatter so quickly. So all you'd have to do is frame it like, why do you, why are you so afraid to run against Donald Trump? I'm not afraid. He'd go right after you. Somebody's got to do that, though. We need somebody. Dave, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, Grace. Yeah, you know, it's just further buttresses my belief that the number one attribute that Trump has and had and continues to have even more so now is that the, it, the uh, establishment hates him, you know. And I think even independents, I think most of America really doesn't like the establishment very much right now. When you think about the border, you think about prices, you think about all these things going on overseas, you know, it's a mess. And speaking of legal, what about Hillary? Talk about the uh, judicial system being weaponized. 
or 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 in that, that case de-weaponized. Uh, yeah, no, it's it just makes him stronger. I think it it just it further entrenches those of us that are determined to get him back in office. You, you know what, Dave? I have a few comments about that. Number one is you use the word buttresses, which I'm going to try to work into my everyday vocabulary because I'm trying to I'm trying to add some spice to my life. Number two is that you're right. The American people love an underdog. They love a comeback. They love an outsider. They love all these things. They love a rebel. And that's exactly what they're making Trump. They're making him a martyr. And number three, which I didn't think of until Dave's call, is that. When you think about Hillary, when you think about Comey, when you think about the Hunter Biden laptop, when you think about Bill Barr, what was their excuse all the time? Oh, well, we wouldn't. We just didn't want it to affect an election. We didn't want the outcomes. We didn't want the investigation. We didn't want the American people to have this knowledge because it might, you know, affect an election. And now you have all of these BS indictments. You have all of these court rulings trying to kick Trump off the ballot. And none of these people care. None of these people care about the the time sensitivity, the urgency, the fact that this is heading into primary season. We're well, we're in primary season, but heading into the primaries. None of these people who are so concerned about the timing of these investigations, these investigations where they actually had evidence that could inform the American people as to the Democrats' corruption, but they didn't want to because they didn't want it to be so close to an election. They didn't want to affect the election. So we didn't investigate it in the two years before. We won't investigate it for the two years after because we got to leave this little bit of, you know, wiggle room in between the election. We don't want people to, you know, uh, so we're just going to. Where are all those people, Dave? Yeah, no, they, they are clearly on the left. They clearly have their own intentions at heart, and they don't care about the truth. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. And that is something my father told my little, my big brother when he, out of good beating back in the day when you could that because he had told a whopper i won't get into it but uh and he said yeah nope that's jamie don't ever let the truth get in the way of a good story <laughs> that is the democrat motto and you know what uh there's this piece in power line which i've been referencing a lot but it's because it's good and it's because john hinderocker adds in a couple of people's opinions and so he gives what he thinks going to happen and he doesn't think that the supreme court's going to intervene he doesn't think they want to use the the little political capital they have left and then he has his friend who's a lawyer who writes that he thinks the Supreme Court will immediately intervene and will rule nine to zero um, and overturn the Colorado decision. And then there's a third. There's someone, Steve, who I think is also a writer for Powerline, who writes in this. And Dave just made me think of this because it's this whole idea of of these courts not wanting to get involved politically with something that's such a hot potato and the ways around that. So listen to this. It says, there's a third way this plays out. Trump could appeal to a federal district court, which could throw out the ruling, and the Supreme Court would then deny Colorado's petition for certification. The Supreme Court then dodges direct involvement, but gets the right result. I predict the Supreme Court will kick Jack Smith's appeal on the J6 case back to the D.C. Circuit Court for similar reasons. In other words, everyone's afraid now of getting involved with this because, like I said, it's the ramifications for this. We could be looking back in 10 years at the ramifications of this. This could 
change a lot. And a lot of these judges, a lot of these justices, they know that it's not the right thing to do. They just don't want to be the ones to say it because it's not a popular thing to say right now. And one of the comments Dave made about Trump being an outsider, I think that's really what we need to discuss here is this David and Goliath type of matchup that we have now with Trump and the justice system and how that's going to affect this election. I'm not worried about Trump being on the ballot. Like, I'm worried to a degree. But my my gut is telling me he's going to be okay as far as getting on the election. And again, we have... We still have people calling up saying, you know, there's write-in opportunities. You could always write in. I, I, I don't want people writing in. Okay, there's too, many, too much room for things to go wrong with that. But I'm not worried about Trump getting on the ballot. I don't think this stuff's going to stand up. Where I'm curious, though, is what's going to happen in the court of public opinion. Because people, some people are paying attention to this really closely. Some people aren't. Some people are just going to read a headline, make a judgment, and then let that affect their votes. And I think the Democrats are taking a gamble here. They're hoping people are going to read this. They're hoping people are going to see this on CNN. And that people are just going to trust these liars who have been spinning these tall tales for years now with no repercussions and get into the voting booths and say, well, I don't think I'll go for Trump because, you know, I caught on CNN that he was found guilty. Like people, people take, people don't know what they're reading. They take things and they they sit with it and then they let it affect the outcome of what they're going to do. So I don't know. This could go either way. You could have independence. It's hard. But here's the other part of it. It's hard for me to give a judgment on how independents are going to feel about this because I'm the furthest thing that you could get from an independent in a lot of ways. I'm a conservative talk show host. So I don't think my greatest strength is trying to get into the mind of an independent. But I don't think it's the Democrats' greatest strength either. I think these people who are making these plays now, including these judges in Colorado, these far left, Yale, Stanford, yeah, SBF, SBF's alma mater is involved with this. There's plenty of people with these degrees who are thinking this is going to work well for them. They can't get in the mind of independence either. They could be wrong on this. They could be making the wrong call. This could backfire. So everyone is taking a chance on how this is going to affect the independence, if it's going to have any effect at all. Because, again, I pay attention to a lot of things that go on in politics. Some people don't. This isn't everybody's world. And that's what I am asking the callers is, what do you think? What effect does this have, if any, on the people that we need to win an election? 844-500-4242. Uh, Steve, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Steve. Are you there, Steve? Ah, Steve, bad connection. We'll try to, you know what, Steve, hold on. Hold on, Steve. We'll we'll put you on hold. We'll take you when we come back. We'll get a better connection for you. And and to the rest of the callers, just hold on there. We'll keep taking your calls. 844-500-4242. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. And when it comes to dentistry, he is the best at what he does. We are headed into the new year. And a new year means it's time for a new you. Why put it off? Why wait? You probably thought about changing your smile before. 
Some people have hemmed and hawed over this their whole lives. And then another year comes around. It's Christmas time. You're, you're worrying about everybody else. You're putting everybody else above yourself. You're spending money on everybody else. And you put yourself on the back burner. And you shouldn't do that because it's not good for you and it's not good for everybody else around you. Put yourself first. When you have a smile that you're proud of, it builds confidence in your professional life and in your personal life. Now, I know that when it comes to people's teeth, you can get nervous. It's a big decision. You want to be in good hands. And that's where I'm here to tell you that Dr. Houghton is the best in the business. He is the nicest person. He takes his job so seriously. He's incredibly gifted at what he does. And he's surrounded by the best team, by people who really love what they do. Um, they, they enjoy going to work every day. They enjoy walking you through this process and making people love their smile. That's their joy is like getting you to leave there feeling so good about your smile. So if you want to get in touch with them, you can call Perfect Smiles or you can visit them at PerfectSmiles.com. Change your smile, change your life. Just visit PerfectSmiles.com to find out more. Tell them I sent you. We will be right back. We'll take more of your calls on the other side. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. A texter made a great point that all you need to know about Trump being an outsider is how he can make Dick Cheney, who was at one point Darth Vader of the Republican Party, he can make Dick Cheney's daughter a hero. That's how desperate they are. That's how much power Trump has. You could be the most hated boring, lame person in the Republican Party. And if Trump says, I hate you, you're the worst, the Democrats will find so much strange new respect for you. They'll push aside every other problem they've ever had with you. And they will hoist you up. And they will will crown you their latest hero. It's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. By the way, I know it's Wednesday. I did not realize, Emma, that it's hate mail Wednesday. Because did you see the last text on the texter? I may have noticed that one, yes. That's mean. Well, what's the, what's the uh, area code on that? 617, close oh! by. Someone from my neck of the woods says, time for a root touch-up. Holiday photos are coming up. You're not wrong, but that doesn't make it right. Joke's on them. We took our holiday photos in September. Yeah, I'm sure I needed a root touch-up then, too, though. That was actually, at that point, my hair was even worse somehow. 844-500-4242. I want to get into some of these sound cuts. And then in the last hour, we're still going to talk about this. If you're just tuning in, there is um, there's huge news out of Colorado. The Colorado Supreme Court has disqualified Trump from the 2024 ballot. Lots of different takes on what that means going forward. My overall feeling is that he's going to make it on the ballot. The Supreme Court's going to do what they do, and uh, they're going to make the right call on this. But it still doesn't bode well. It still gives you a sense of how backwards things have gotten, how crazy things have gotten. By the way, here's a new story out, though, we can also talk about in the next hour. This is juicy. 
Do you see this about Claudine Gay? New plagiarism reports. I read a story, and I'm now I'm blanking on where it was from. I'll find it during the break, though. And it was all about how the plagiarism, the original plagiarism from uh, her 1997 dissertation, the original claims of plagiarism, which Harvard then excused as inadequate citations, that that wasn't the problem for Claudine Gay. That the problem is that this might be a pattern. And the person who wrote the article said, let's hope for Claudine Gay's sake that this is the only skeleton in her closet as far as plagiarism goes. But from what I'm seeing today, from the latest reports, that is not the case. There's more. More plagiarism. And you know what? Plagiarism is kind of one of those things, Emma. You don't just do it once. You know, it's like being caught stealing. It's probably not your first time stealing. You, you've probably, you don't get caught the first time you decide to do something. I think that, that that is something that with plagiarism is also usually the case. So I'm not shocked by this. What I am surprised by, though, is that it took this long for them to find it over the last like week. Because she, she has a very, very thin uh, scholarly, like, uh, I don't even know what they call them record she doesn't have a lot of papers or dissertations or anything like that i think she only has a few so i don't know why it took them so long to work their way through but i'm i'm happy they i'm happy they've come to their conclusions here we'll read more about that when we come back and i also definitely want to take kamala harris but in the meantime let's go through some of the sound cuts of what people are making of this jonathan turley was on uh, with laura ingram last night and he's always He's always a very wise voice to listen to in times like these. Let's have cut 11. Well, this court just handed partisans on both sides uh, the ultimate tool to try to uh, shortcut elections. And it's very, very dangerous. I mean, this country is a powder keg, and this court is just throwing matches at it. And I think that uh, it's a real mistake, but I think that they're wrong on the law. You know, January 6th was many things, most of it not good. In my view, it was not an insurrection. It was a riot. That doesn't mean that the people responsible for that day shouldn't be held accountable. Uh, but to call this an insurrection for the purposes of disqualification uh, would create a slippery slope for every state in the union. Yeah, and you know, the other thing that's not really working in Democrats' favor is since January 6th, we've had several other insurrections. And they haven't said boo about any of them. The fire alarms, the arrests made in the Capitol, the sex tape in the Senate. There's been a lot of things that I think make January 6th, it changes in people's minds a little bit. We'll be right back. 